This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 80. Hey, what's up? This is Pat Flynn from smartpassiveincome.com, the Smart Passive Income podcast and author of the book, Let Go. I so encourage you to listen to the Read to Lead podcast with Jim, Jim, wait, is it Jim? No, Jason, Jeff Brown. Listen to Read to Lead with Jeff Brown. You will not regret it. Schedule Saturday to take your daughter to lunch by herself and then your son maybe the next week and think deeply about the things that really matter and the impact you're going to have and then schedule those things and make them happen. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Hi there, and welcome once again to the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. Each week, we sit down with a successful and inspiring author to talk about his or her latest book, and depending on their area of expertise, thoughts on things like leadership, productivity, personal development, career, marketing, business, and entrepreneurship. Productivity is getting our focus today, as in this episode, we'll chat with Lee Cockrell, author of Time Management Magic, how to get more done every day, move from surviving to thriving. I plan to ask Lee about his insistence on using a traditional day planner in conjunction with your smartphone, the keys to eliminating time wasters in our lives, the dangers of preoccupation, and much more. I have to say that about 15 years ago, I decided to forego a traditional day planner and went all digital. And I have to admit that I've recently realized, and in reality, I've known it for a while, but only recently admitted it, that that hasn't really been working for me as well as the written system once did. And so after reading Lee's book, I actually ordered a day planner from from Daytimer and am looking forward to not eliminating the digital tools in my life, but not completely foregoing the analog tools either. I think for me personally, and maybe for you, having a written system is something that, that I really need as, as a part of my productivity routine. For years, I've been trying to convince my wife to go all digital. Uh, she does use a digital shopping list that she and I can sync uh, with our phone. So when I add something, it's on her list, vice versa. When I take off something, it comes off her list and so on. And we do have a, a, some digital calendars that are synced. So I know what she's doing in wind and she knows what I'm doing in wind. But she hasn't given up the analog calendar. And I used to tease her about that, but no more. I'm starting to, to see the wisdom in my wife's methods and had to go to her just today and admit that uh, I've been wrong all this time, uh, at least for us, that I need both a written and digital versions of what I'm doing, that one isn't enough. And certainly, if I was going to pick one, it would need to be, for me, the analog uh, version. So you may, of course, draw a different conclusion, but as we get into the conversation, I encourage you to, to listen to what Lee has to say uh, with an open mind. Now's as good a time as any to visit our sponsor, Blinkist. They provide inside their free app written and audio summaries of your favorite business books. And right now, the Read to Lead podcast has a special exclusive. Be one of the first 100 people to register for a plus or premium subscription with Blinkist, and you'll get it for half 
price. That's right. Got to be one of the first 100, though, to take advantage. Read to lead podcast.com slash Blinkist to find out more. Lee Cockrell is the former executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World for more than 10 years. As one of the public faces of the world-renowned Disney Institute, he conducts seminars and workshops on leadership, time management, and professional development. He also hosts his own podcast called Creating Disney Magic with my friend Jody Mayberry. A popular keynote speaker, he frequently addresses Fortune 500 corporations, government agencies, educational institutions, and nonprofits around the world. His latest book is called Time Management Magic, How to Get More Done Every Day move from surviving to thriving. Well, Lee, first of all, let me welcome you to the Read to Lead podcast. It is an absolute honor to, ha- to have you here. Well, thanks, Jeff. Good to be here. Well, for the, the sake of giving context to our discussion today, I thought we'd start off by answering how you specifically, Lee, define time management. Well, I got involved uh, in time management. I've always been a very disciplined person. Uh, as somebody said, I always got to dinner on time. <laughs> I... Uh, Always was reliable, did what I said I was going to do, but I found out oh, around 1980, I went to a time management seminar and I kind of learned that I was getting it done through just putting in tons of hours, taking work home on the weekends, uh, mm. working Saturday and Sundays, coming in early, staying later. And after that course, I really got focused on time management and a system for planning your day and thinking about what you ought to be working on. And uh, I frankly uh, implemented it and then I started teaching it. I've been teaching it for 35 years and just wrote a recent book on it and uh, it just I, I I just found out that I was not organized I was mm-hmm. just getting the work done through hard work and uh, so I would say I probably reduced my hours at work six seven eight hours a week after I started after I implemented it and got better and better at it and today I can't even imagine uh, not using that system when I wake up every morning to sit and contemplate what I'm going to do today and next week and the week after and a month from now and mm. then getting them written down and thinking about what order to do them. And so uh, that's how I got focused on it. And it really took a lot of stress out of my life not to be worrying about have I forgotten something or, you know, next thing you know, you're 55 years old, 60 mm. years old, 70 years old, and you wish you had done something. So I didn't want to have too many regrets either. So that's how I kind of think about it. Well, when you hear someone utter the phrase, I did not have enough time, what's your first thought? Uh, I would say they have the same amount of time I have. <laughs> As we said, you and Einstein have the same amount of time, 168 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, some people get a lot done. Some people don't get any done. And that's one of the biggest excuses in the world. When I find time, I always tell people, you're not going to ever find time. You make time for what's important in your life. Well, Lee says it's important to leave space on your calendar, but he also says it's important that we do schedule everything meaningful in our life. So, Lee, on the surface, that sounds like a contradiction, but it's not, is it? Well, I, every day I schedule a lot of things, but I always leave a little loose time, you know, at least an hour here and there in case of something coming up. And especially when I was working, you know, emergencies happen. People need you right now or there's an accident in the park or or your boss can call you and say, I really need you to work on this and get it done mm-hmm. by 5 o'clock. And so I leave a little loose time in the morning and afternoon just in case something comes up and I can always find something to do if nothing comes up. So. <laughs> That's uh, how I think about making sure you don't schedule yourself so tightly that you don't have room for things that can just occur when you least expect them. And But I, 
and I also think about scheduling the things that are most important to me, which in my life are my really my myself, exercise, taking mm-hmm. care of myself, getting my doctor's appointments, making sure I'm healthy, and then my family, and then my business and finances. And um, if I get those three things done every day, the rest of life works out pretty well. My wife won't leave me. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, the flight attendant says, you know, put the mask on yourself first and then worry about the person next to you, right? That's yeah, a great example. <laughs> if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. Well, I have to mention that one thing that sort of rattled my cage a little bit when I, when I first read the book, Lee, was your belief that those of us who used to use a day planner and have switched exclusively to a smartphone are, are now less organized, less effective, and less efficient than we used to be. And I have to admit, I, I, I saw a little bit of my, myself in that. Why do you believe that's the case? Well, I think we just uh, all try to keep up with the changes in life, and technology is cool, and everybody just kind of went with it, and young people are born with it in their crib, Mm. so they didn't know any better. They've never heard of a daytime, or they don't even know what paper is. (laughs) So I I, I just saw so many people I worked with that switched over, and they were less and less organized, and I I was just thinking when I'm talking on the phone, and somebody's giving me an address, or they're telling me uh, a date, they want me to check and see. It's very difficult call to use your phone and uh, collect information at the same time when you're talking to somebody. Mm. And frankly, the other day, I was at my beach house for the weekend, and uh, my phone went totally down. I don't know why exactly, overnight, and I couldn't check anything. So my daytimer never goes down. (laughs) It's always active. So it just, I think it just, and I'm, I'm getting emails every week now about people who tell me they've gone and switched back and they don't even remember why they didn't keep using a day planner. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to think about is uh, not so much uh, what you use, but is it working really? I mean, really, is it working? Well, I'm all about you know mobile apps and have prided myself on you know, finding new productivity type apps. But it seems like just about everything I try doesn't quite work as well. I even found at one point uh, an app for my iPad that emulates the look and feel of a day planner, but it just wasn't the same. I, I, there's something about writing it down. You know, it's much the way the way I read. I much rather have uh, the physical book in front of me than electronic version or some other version. I, I think it makes a big difference. And I think the world's not totally comfortable with you getting your phone out every minute and trying to write down something they're saying. Or if you got your phone out, people think you're watching the football game and not listening to them. (laughs) Or that you're sneaking it under the table. When you have your day planner, you just open it up and you don't have to pay attention, but you can be doing any work you want. And your boss thinks you're paying attention. So it's even better. (laughs) Well, describe, if you would, Lee, your tips on planning to plan. We know we need to do it oftentimes, but... We can get stuck on doing it effectively. Yeah, i just give you an example. I'm, a, I'm really into routine. I think routine really pays off for people mm-hmm. in their lives as much as you can. And I kind of have a routine now. Even after retirement, I get up every morning at around 6 o'clock. I go to Starbucks from 6.30 to 7.30. I read the New York Times or Wall Street Journal, and I sit there, and I open my day planner, and I make a list of the things I'm going to work on today and look at yesterday to see what I didn't get done and move those over. And I think about what I ought to be doing for next summer and uh, ne- next month and and when's the last time I had a doctor's appointment and I just kind of pencil those in and then I put a little priority on them whether they're urgent, vital or important and then I take leave and I go off and uh, as I have time during the day I go over to those items and I get them done and I check them off and so if I have a meeting with somebody and the meeting's over at 10 o'clock and then I look at my list and see what did I decide to do this morning when it was quiet 
and I knock those off. I've already done one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight of them this morning that I had on my list because I didn't do much over the weekend. We were away for Easter, and mm. so I had a lot scheduled for Monday and Tuesday. And uh, so as soon as I quit talking to you, I don't have anything again till 2 o'clock, so I'll work on these items. So it's either I'm in a meeting or I'm working on these items, or if I decide to take a nap, I'll take a nap. When I wake up, I'll work on them. So uh, it's it's not as uh, confining as people like to think it is. It's a very strong system. It really reminds you. You don't forget. It relieves a lot of pressure. And uh, there's nothing like a checklist, you know. But in every, you know, even a pilot has a checklist before they take off. And I think all the passengers are pretty glad they do, <laughs> you know. And most people have a, you know, know how to plan their vacation. They do a good job with that, but they can't, they don't plan their life. And then they're, they wonder what happened. <laughs> well, I have to admit, uh, one of the things I like about the book is the detail in, uh, that you go into in regard to specifically the day timer system. And I appreciate the examples. We actually see images inside your day timer and firsthand how you implement the things you just talked about. I have to admit that, that just yesterday, as I finished up the book, I went online and I purchased a day timer system. <laughs> Oh, good for you. <laughs> I think you're going to see it works, you know. Like the last few days, I had easy ones. I had to buy Easter eggs. I had to put IOUs in them for my grandkids. I had to hide the eggs. <laughs> see, all this had to happen, so they still mm. like me better than their parents. So there's some things that have different outcomes, and you got to think about that. And by the way, I would add, you got to make sure you're putting hard things in your planner. The hard things, because mm-hmm. exercise, it's easy to lay on the couch. It's hard to work out. you got to schedule that. Schedule the priorities in your life. You know, it's easy to spend your money. It's hard to save it. Uh, it's easy not to have a hard discussion with somebody about their performance. It's easy to let it go. It's easy to not discipline your children. It's hard to sit down and have those conversations. And I tell everybody, try to look at your planner every day, every week. And are you doing the hard things? Because when you do the hard things, life gets a whole lot easier. If you just keep doing easy things, life gets really hard. So you got to really think about why am I not knocking off the hard things in my life? And once you write them in your planner, the odds of you doing it go up pretty dramatically. And then it just becomes a good habit. What are some tips you can share from the book that we can use, Lee, to help eliminate the time wasters in our lives? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you got to first figure out what is wasting your time. And I think about sometimes uh, when I was working at Disney, sometimes it was one of the people who reported to me that they were not very good. Mm. They didn't do their job. And I had to deal with that. Either get them turned around or tell them to start looking for something else because (laughs) sometimes the ineffective subordinates people reporting to you are not doing their job. Uh, I think uh, not being organized not thinking about it. And then all of a sudden emergencies come up, like you forget to change the oil in your car and then the light comes on. <laughs> you know? And then you're really stuck. Right. It usually comes on at like 10.30 at night when everything's closed and there's no tow trucks around. <laughs> so, I mean, just thinking about the priorities in your life, that think, anticipation. You know, if you want your kids to be great, then you got to spend a lot of time with them those first 10 years, you know, mm. when they're babies. you got to teach them how to read. you got to teach them about ethics and honesty. And, uh, you know, if you don't, you'll be end up visiting them in, uh, in rehab. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that takes a lot of time. Or up at the prison on Sunday afternoon. So, you know, you either pay now or you pay later. And I think about uh, a lot of people are not working on the things at the right time. And, uh, you know, there's just some things you got to do first. And uh, that's how I think about it every day is what, am I, what should I be doing that will pay off in 10 or 15, 20, 30 years from now? A lot of people don't have their retirement together. And they're going to get there. And they're going to be shocked that they didn't because you got to start early. 
you got to start early. You got to save compound interest. To, you know, it's a powerful thing and time. And uh, I would say most things people just don't get around to getting started early enough. And there's some things that can be too late. You know, it can be too late. And it's like trying to teach your kids to read when they're 16. No, you got to do it when they're four and five years old and three years old and make them love it. So just there's an order to things. And a lot of people don't uh, understand uh, how bad things are going to work out if you don't get started early enough on some things. And when it comes to setting goals, uh, we, we, we probably can't be too specific when we set those goals, can we? No, I mean, you can, you know, I have a goal of working out every day. So, and I have a goal of having strength training twice a week with mm. a trainer that helps me with bone density so I don't fall and break a hip because I'm in that ozone now, the obituary zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to delay that last event. And, um, that's what I think about. I schedule those every Tuesday and uh, Friday at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I show up for that appointment. And that, I can guarantee you I'm stronger now than I was when I was 20. I'm going to fall down maybe one day, but I'm going to get up, and I'm not going to have a broken hip and end up in a hip replacement or surgery or in a wheelchair or a walker. And I tell you, people don't think about these things. It comes around quick. So I have a goal of uh, you know, uh, at least spending a, a fair amount of time with my wife. So I schedule lunch or dinner once a week, and I take her out. And uh, that's why I, I'm going to be married 47 years in August, and she's mm. still here. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, you just have to think about those real vital things. You know, if you have children, schedule Saturday to take your daughter to lunch by herself and then your son maybe the next week. And just really think deeply about the things that really matter and the impact you're going to have. And then schedule those things and make them happen. Don't just uh, hope to get your daughter to lunch one day hmm. when you got to go sit and talk to her about the birds and the bees one day. You need <laughs> privacy. <laughs> so, All that time has passed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you don't want to miss that one. Yeah. Well, you may not have thought of preoccupation as being related to time management necessarily, but Lee argues it's it's a major time waster. Uh, Lee, what are some of your tips to help us get out of the bad habit of being preoccupied? You know, I think about that a lot. I went to a listening course back in the 70s because my boss said, Lee, you don't listen to me when I talk to you. And mm. I remember my wife saying that a couple of times. <laughs> so I was going, uh, yeah, that's not a question when your wife says it. Um, <laughs> So I went to a listening car and I really learned to listen. I learned to get in the right position, you know, get out from behind my desk, sit right next to the person, turn the television off, have no distractions, and listen so I'm not preoccupied because uh, that's the biggest problem. And when I get out of my car in the morning at Disney or anywhere else, I really take a deep breath and I've learned through habit to pay attention to everybody around me. Mm. And uh, to say good morning and to be available for people. And, you know, we just sometimes we're off in our own little la-la land in our brain because we had a problem this morning. And and it affects people's opinion of us because we walk by them, we don't say anything, and then they wonder what's the problem and they, we don't like them or whatever it is. <laughs> and preoccupation is very dangerous. It's kind of like when people run into the back of your car, you know. Mm. <laughs> they're being preoccupied, so how are they? Because they're texting or they're putting on their makeup or having a cup of coffee or adjusting the radio. Preoccupation's dangerous, mm. and you can get killed with it, or you can just kill your reputation. So I tell people, really try to focus on what's happening and what's pertinent around you at the time, right now. When you're driving, drive. When you're mm. going to meet with somebody, get close to them and sit there and focus and take out your day planner and take notes and listen to what they're saying. And and I would say also listen to what they're trying to tell you. A lot of people are nervous. They don't want to tell you everything. you got to help them get it all out. 
So uh, preoccupation is a pretty interesting subject, and most people are pretty preoccupied today. As you go into a store and they're there texting instead of waiting on you, or you, you know, it's unbelievable. We all get we're not engaged in what's the pertinent happenings around us. We need to be in focused on one thing at a time where thought is required. And I've really learned to do that because I know how it affects me when somebody blows me off or doesn't pay attention to me or. I've just told them something and they don't even remember it. And, you know, it's like in a restaurant. You place your order and you order a hamburger and she brings you a club sandwich. <laughs> There's something wrong here. <laughs> and a lot of it is just uh, thinking about it more and being more respectful, I would say. Mm. Be more respectful and get focused. Well, the book is, is a real easy read. I, I read it in an afternoon and found it to be practical and filled with uh, just really solid uh, advice. Uh, and I want to ask you some questions not directly related to the book, Lee, but before I do that, is there anything else about the book you want to make sure we know? I think it's, it, you know, reading is a big deal with me. I've written three books now, and uh, I know that I didn't graduate from college. I went two years and dropped out because I mm. just didn't do, I didn't do well. I don't learn well that way. I went in the Army. But after that, I read a lot. I really educated myself, and I listened to tapes, and I listened to leadership, management takes, customer service, reading. And I think uh, sometimes, it, you know, they say that 80% of books are not read, or 50%, I guess, are not finished. Mm. And then and another 20 or 30 or 40% of people buy them, or they're given to them, and they don't even read them. Mm. And uh, I try to keep a book next to me down in my family room or next to my bed and just kind of read a little bit all the time. And it's amazing. When you learn something new, you start thinking differently. When you think differently, you do differently. And when you do differently, it usually works out better for you. So <laughs> I tell people, read the book. It's not a hard read. It's an easy read. And it's it'll help you think about what you should be working on. Well, speaking of which, what are a couple of books, Lee, that, that you're reading now or have read recently that have had an impact on you? And, and share, if you can, how or why they impacted you as they did. I think one of the books that had the most impact on me was uh, that Stephen Covey book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, yeah. I read that back in 1989, I think it came out, and I still look at it fairly frequently because it's seven simple habits that if you can get those habits, your life just turns out better. Mm. So that had a major impact. Peter Drucker's book, The Effective Executive, I read, and uh, he was just a common sense writer about leadership and management. And in one chapter, in, he, I remember he wrote in there, spend four hours with your people you work with, not, not 15 minutes, not an hour, four hours, sit down and, with no agenda. And just let he's amazing what will come out of the meeting in four hours as people become more comfortable with you. And uh, it's true. And I tried that, and it's an unbelievable thing. Mm. People calm down, they get to know you, and they can learn to trust you. And today we run around, spend, if, even if we have a meeting, we spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes. We're thinking about the next meeting. We're not focused on that one. We don't get much done. And uh, I think uh, step back and uh, spend a little time. Um, uh, more time with your people. They'll come up with ideas you'll never think of, and it'll help your business and help your life generally. So those are a couple books that really made a big impact on me. Well, Lee, I know you do a good amount of uh, public speaking as well. I'd be curious to know what are some of your tips for delivering a meaningful and, and memorable uh, public talk? Well, back in college, I took a speech course. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> and, and the night before the speech, the professor said you have to give a speech tomorrow three minutes and your class will evaluate you that terrified me so i dropped the course <laughs> i mean i i'm the most i was the most introverted kid that ever lived 
And I just couldn't imagine doing it. It was like I'd rather jump off the cliff. Uh-huh. And um, so uh, 15 years later, I still hadn't done it. Gave a speech at Marriott, did a terrible job to a group of customers, guests mm. in the hotel. So I went and got Bill Marriott's father-in-law taught speech at the University of Utah, and I was working for Marriott, and I went to him, and I asked him for some help. I said, what do I do? How do I get over this? This is not going to work. And I know they had sent Bill Marriott to a speech course when he became president. Mm. He was not very good. I know they do that with a lot of people. Uh, and uh, he said, Lee, first don't give speeches. He said, tell stories. Tell stories to make your points. And, he said, use personal examples, your children, your grandchildren, your mother, you lost your dog, your bicycle got stolen, your mother was mean to you, your grandmother was great. Everybody's got the same problems. So you, they will relate to your stories. He said, never speak about something you're not passionate about. People will know whether you're passionate. And don't use, uh, you don't need to use notes. And I, I added later, don't use PowerPoint. <laughs> you can't be inspirational using PowerPoint. Mm. And he said, uh, always remember, they don't know what you're going to say anyway, so don't be nervous. Just keep talking. (laughs) And and if you leave half of it out, they don't know. They don't know what your subject was anyway. And I started doing that, and today I really am able to – I know the subject matter. I know what things I will speak on and what things I will not speak on. Sometimes I get a a client will call me and say, we'd like to come speak on strategy or this. I said, no, that's not my thing. I don't want to. Thank you very much. Mm. Here's what I speak on, and sometimes they hire me anyway, but – uh, there's nothing worse than you know trying to speak on something you're not an expert on or that you don't have total and complete pa- passion about. So mm. that's some of the things I do. And I don't use any notes. I don't go to the podium. I just have a microphone and I get out there. I told him, I said, my mother didn't use PowerPoint. She said, look at me when I talk to you. <laughs> and uh, so I, it works pretty good. And most audiences are so happy you're not using PowerPoint that you get a cheer. So, uh, <laughs> So that's how I think about it, and I keep trying to have new stories. That's why I read the New York Times and Wall Street Journal every morning to look for new stories on leadership, management, customer service. There's a ton of stories in there and those papers of good leadership and bad leadership, good management, bad leadership, and good and bad customer service. And you got to stay current, too. You really got to stay current. That's why you got to read and keep up so that you're not telling stories from 1840. <laughs> Well, Lee, uh, what do you ultimately want to be remembered for? What do you want your legacy to be, if you, if you could articulate that for us? Yeah, you know what I tell people today? I used to love being the boss, you know, when mm-hmm. I was young. That was great to push people around <laughs> and <laughs> intimidate them and be yeah. in charge and get all the stock options and cars and salaries <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what, I've changed pretty dramatically over the last few years. Even when I was working, I'd already changed at Disney and gone through kind of this uh, – refocusing impact I could make in life. And I tell people today, I said, don't be the boss, be a teacher. And I really want to be remembered that I taught. I had a good message for people. I helped people get better teaching. Uh, You know, some of the people that are the ones who really serve in our lives are teachers. They don't get paid a lot, but they make huge impact. Parents Mm. teach. The best parents teach. The best teachers teach. The best nurses teach. You know, and I say, if you start teaching, You'll get more satisfaction, and you will leave a big legacy because when you help other people, they never forget it. You might forget it, but they won't, they won't forget. And, uh, and they say what you teach your children, they teach their children. So it goes on down. So, you know, 100 years from now, you've had an impact. And that's how I think about it now. It's, it's more fun to help people than to make them uh, scared of you. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, what's next for you, uh, Lee? What are you working on uh, that you're excited about? I've, I'm about half done with another book, uh, How to Keep Your Career Under Control. I'm not sure of the title yet. I want people to understand that you have a career. You think it's not – I mean, things happen. 
I, you know, in my own career, I didn't go to college. I got passed over. I got a job at Hilton. I did a great job. I got in a master training program. I stayed with Hilton. I quit because I had a jerk as a boss one time. I went to another job. I got fired. Then I got passed over for the last big promotion at Marriott. Mm. My career was ups and downs. And then I got to Disney, and it just took off. Mm. And I just want people to remember, don't give up. When something happens, you're going to have blips. It's like a roller coaster. It's fun going up. It's nice and slow. When it goes down, it's pretty scary. <laughs> and when you're unemployed, it's pretty scary. And But you just got to pick yourself up and hopefully learn how much of the mistake for you getting fired or passed over was your fault, how much was their fault, and then get into a new environment. And the key is learning from these things. Don't repeat them. I only got fired once. I only got passed over once. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I only dropped out of college once. So, uh, but uh, that's what people got to do. Pick yourself up. And I tell young people, take risks. If you're in the wrong job, don't get stuck there. Mm. Quit. Go somewhere else. When you're young, you can take all the risks you want. Don't get a big mortgage and two or three kids until you're sure you know what you're doing. Because once you get stuck with a mortgage and two or three kids, you can't move. Mm. You can't sell your house sometimes. And just take risk early. Don't stay in a place you're unhappy. That's Those are the keys for mine. Mm. And I tell you, my wife and I moved 11 times. We had our ups and downs. And we've been here 22 years. And there's even life after Disney. And I'm really enjoying it. Well, Lee, if we were to look at some of those uh, daytimers from years past, I know there's a lot of history there. So to know that the Read to Lead podcast was written on that uh, daytimer today is, is an honor. So thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. You take care. I hope you enjoyed our time with Lee. As I mentioned earlier, it's an easy read, and you could probably finish it in an afternoon. I think you'll get a lot out of it. I already did, and I'm looking forward to getting a lot out of my new daytimer as well. If you'd like to network with Lee, one of the best ways to do that is on Twitter. He's at Lee Cockrell on Twitter. That's C-O-C-K-E-R-E-L-L, Lee Cockrell on Twitter. And the Read to Lead podcast makes for a great conversation starter. Don't forget... We've created a special page on the website just for this episode. If you'd like to refer back to what we talked about, dig in a little deeper, or check out any of the resources or links mentioned, you can find those at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 080. Love for you to be a part of the ever-growing Facebook group where listeners to the Read to Lead podcast are getting to know each other and interacting each and every day. It's never been easier to be a part of the group and sign up for our email list. Just text the phrase Read to Lead to 33444. That's Read to Lead, all one word, to 33444. We'll get you in that group and added to the list. If you enjoy the Read to Lead podcast, we would so appreciate your rating and written review in either iTunes or Stitcher or both. Readtoleadpodcast.com slash iTunes or readtoleadpodcast.com slash Stitcher to get the ball rolling. I'd like to say thanks for recent five-star ratings and reviews from BJ O'Neill, who calls it Leadership 101 and a lot more. He has his own podcast called the Grow Your Business Podcast. Check that out. And Leilani says, awesome content with her five-star rating and review. Thanks, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Oh,